Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to Better Than Yesterday. Better make it quick. It's the, what is it? It's the Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, This is the one that we do uh, where we take a little bit of bite of a longer episode and I go, hey, what do you reckon? You should probably listen to this because it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, This is Better Than Yesterday. It's a podcast that's just here to bring you something to make it better than yesterday. We've been doing it three times a week since 2013. Mondays and Wednesdays, it's me and a guest. Fridays, it's me and you. Yes, me and you. It's lovely. There's squillions of episodes to listen to. Uh, I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm a, I'm a podcaster and a TV host and an author and a dad and a, and a stepdad and a, and a headphone lead untangler uh, and a, a, a phone recharger, recharger, because I forgot to do that earlier and I went flat out on the road. But it's great to have you here. Send Osher email at gmail.com is uh, how you get me if you want to get me. And we, you and me, are going to hear from one of the greats one of the all-time greats. It's a shorter version of a much longer, one of my favorite conversations I ever had about the gig that I'm in with Mr. Hamish Blake, Australia's other dad. In 2021, Hamish showed up here at my house. He didn't have to, but he did. He's one of the nicest humans I've ever met. I'm I'm just so in awe of him because not only is his career incredible, but you know, and what he's achieved is incredible. His talent, who he is as a person and to stay being that person as he has ascended to the greatest heights in broadcasting our country's ever seen. Hamish Blake, if you don't know him, if you're not from Australia, he has a national, I guess it's now a podcast called uh, Hamish and Andy. He's been on TV a squillion times. Uh, sometimes it's with Andy, sometimes it's with Lego. He's an all around fantastic human being, loves bicycles, which I love too. And it's a great chat. In this episode, he and I are going to talk about when he realized he needed to start making healthier life choices, how he feels about Australia, the heritage of our country, and indeed where it all began for him and Andy. And would you be surprised to hear that it actually started with Hamish and Andy being university students. They had a Saturday morning radio show and I wondered what it was like for him. That was a great moment in time for me and Andy because we had this real sweet spot 
going on where we were like, we were keen to do radio, but all we had was a Saturday morning show. And usually a Saturday morning show goes to someone that's already doing something else like quite significant, like Rove, for example, had the previous Saturday morning show. So it was like, it's usually, I mean, without understanding, this is with all due respect to Rove and the radio show they did, it's like, you take the deal because it's like a bit of extra money and like you can make a radio station pay a high price and you know, you pre-record two hours, it's a piece of cake. But we were like, this was our full-time gig doing this Saturday morning radio show. So we were in the radio station like all week preparing for our Saturday morning radio show to the point where I'm sure people were like, what are you guys doing here? But we were like, we just come and we use the internet for free. Like we just love being in the radio station. And we were just playing like cricket in the hallway and it, it kind of probably had a lot to do with us getting a better gig in radio because we just were in the building yeah. and cared. Like, we were, like, crafting bits for Saturday. It was, like, completely irrelevant. Like, the even if your Saturday morning radio show is rating, like, a 100% share, it's not really going to move the needle for the total week. Like, there's no, no. one listening. So it's a, it's a training ground. But because we were there, we could do the stuff that, like, other shows just didn't have the time to do. Like, go to New York for one interview like, the breakfast show's not doing that. And the drive show's like, yeah, but we'll, like, it'll cost us a whole week of shows. But we could. So that, that was, like, our perfect year. We went to Cannes. We were going to New York. Like, we were just taking junkets everywhere. Loved it. You mentioned two things that are really important there. One was just, like, being in the building. Yep. Being seen by people and also being seen by people, oh, my God, these guys are they're not here for four more days, but they're here busy, they're working, they're also playing cricket, they're having fun. I think it actually, yeah, I think it, uh, it sort of, it had an accidental effect of of just communicating the truth, which was we really cared, like we really loved doing it. And, and you and I know now, like the longer you're in this industry, like caring is what it's all about. Like you, the people that do well care, like they want to do well, they're hungry and, and they have that desire to do well. So we were right in that crux of our life. So like mid-20s, we were like, we really care and we want to do well at this. We don't know how to do it. Like we don't have any experience and we don't have, there's no game plan. Like there's, but at least we've got enthusiasm. So I think it was like just a, a display of enthusiasm that we were in the building. And funnily enough, like you realize like that goes a long way. That goes a long way. It was a display of enthusiasm, I suppose, as well, coupled with the magical side serving of no expectation. So it was like, I think you see a lot of enthusiasm these days, but with people going, okay, well, I've, I've shown you a day of enthusiasm. Can you show me my three-year plan until <laughs> with, with share options? <laughs> but it, it had none of that. It was like, like we, there was no, we, we didn't feel entitled to anything. We just felt like stoked to be there. And yeah. I think because that was genuine and it wasn't attached to any sort of long-term plan, like we just never had a long-term plan and we, we still don't. So... I think what we were discovering was let's just enjoy this while it lasts. And the other thing that I think was really important too, and I and I learned a lot from that year where I was a writer on The Breakfast Show, was I thought I was very important. Like, I, you know, I had to get up at 4.30 and you had to do this breakfast. That's the only year I've ever done breakfast hours, like breakfast radio hours, and it's brutal. But I thought I was important, which was a, when I wasn't, but, but it was a great thing to have that be my perception because it's like the live fire simulation of pressure but not actual pressure. So I was like, God, I've got to think of something. Like I was really, you know, like you're ringing your brain out going, I've got to think of something for this morning's show. I've got to do a good job. 
And so I had a huge amount of perceived pressure and it was great training to understand what that like working in a live show environment is like where it doesn't matter if you've got 10 jokes or no jokes, you're going on air in one minute and that's a fact. <laughs> so you're going on air with nothing or 10 who cares? Like, doesn't matter. You're still going on air. So, I like learning that, which is like a kind of a pretty important part of radio. I think of just understanding, especially for like drive radio for us. You know, you've always got one eye on the clock from kind of like midday when you're in there, and you're having fun and you're relaxing. And as your career goes on, you get more and more comfortable with that. But three fifty nine always brings with it that moment of going that little voice in your head going, "Are you sure you got you got enough for today? <laughs> Are you sure you got enough for today?" And you, I think you just have to get comfortable in that in that zone. So that year taught me, like, I, I felt the pressure of the show, but now looking back on it, like, no one would have noticed if I Is wasn't there. Is it still there. there, though? Is it still... All the pressure's internal, right? Like, you build up this huge pressure, like, okay, I've got to, I've got to perform. Like, you put in this enormous yeah. weight on yourself in the morning. Hamish Blake is an honest fella. Uh, so what he shares next is something a lot of men do go through, and it's that kind of penny drop moment that... That you really, you have when you realize you're no longer in your 20s, your genes don't fit anymore, and you need to start making healthier life choices. For Hamish, it came to him when he was, he was in line, he was with his mates, and he was about to go bungee jumping in New Zealand. There's four of us, and, the, and they're right on the back of your hand, like, when you're jumping. And so I was like, hang on a sec, how come Hado's jumping 78, like, Andy's jumping 85? I was like, i got to wait to 107. I've got to wait... <laughs> I've got to wait. I'm not waiting 20 spots to jump. And then the guy goes, no, that's your weight. You're standing on a weight plate when you sign in. So as you're signing the waiver, they're just, they have a readout of how heavy you are so they can adjust the rope. And I was like, I'm 107? Because like, well, you got your shoes on and your wallet and stuff. It's like, yeah. That's what it is. Probably not not 15 (laughs) kilos of gear on me though. So I was like. Because you and Andy are about the same height. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, and Andy, how much is Andy? You know, 90 or so. He's like, all right, okay, all right, all right. Then we've got a discrepancy here. So that was the sort of when I was like, okay, I've just realized I'm over 100 kilos. Right. And it was then we also realized like on trampolines, I have a sticker going, maximum limit of a man is 100 kilos. So that's when I became, on air, I began the campaign to become tramp legal. Tramp legal, that's right. And that was really where I was like, like, and I know you've been through a similar journey yourself. You realize you know, it's like it's an internal thing, it's an external thing, and you realize, okay, if I'm going to lose, if I'm actually going to become healthier, everyone gets there in their own way, right? But don't you think it's like eventually the penny drops? Like it's just about awareness. Like it's about paying attention. It's yeah. about going, there's a lot of ways you can dance around it, but at the end of the day, you have to care. You just have to pay attention to what, like, what you're eating. You might get seduced by just doing heaps of exercise and so you can still eat whatever you want, but it will last for only so long. It, it comes down to... Whether it's intermittent fasting, like light and easy, whatever it is, it's about calories in, calories out. Like there just is no, if you're doing extra exercise, there's some more calories out, but that is what the science is. Like there's just no other way. That's how the body works. Yeah. So anyway, I, that's where I began to get my head around going, no, but isn't there like supplements I could take, like a pill? <laughs> like, can you just like, I remember just learning for the first time, I got an app where you had to like enter in everything you're eating yeah. and you were just like, are you kidding me? It's like... A small fries is 400 calories and an egg is 90, <laughs> like just, and lettuce is nothing. Yeah. Just getting my head around what, you know, food was 
There's different kinds of calories. I like, you know, there's different kinds of calories. Egg, like egg calories are different to fry calories. They really are, and that's probably your next step. Yeah. I reckon your first step is going. Let's just yeah. get under the number. Yeah. Then the next step is <laughs> let's put better calories in your body than just lollies. Because yeah. of course, yeah, you could just have. You want to stay under two thousand calories or whatever it is. Yeah, you could just have, I guess, like eleven cans of Coke. But you can't have anything else for the day. Oh my and god! And you'll die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw Osha really shiver. But for the first time in my life, because I wasn't really a sporty, I never was that like athletic growing up. Yeah. And I, I don't blame this, my school. I think they offered me a tempting choice at the school I went to. We weren't a really sporty school. You could either do, we didn't have Saturday morning sport. We had Wednesday afternoon. And so you could play sport or go home at lunch. <laughs> See ya. See ya, guys. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And so in year 11, you had to stay at school and do something called sport ed or AKA dud sport. So it was like, you're not good enough for a team or you're not interested in being on a team. And that year for sport ed was circus tricks. So I just learned how to juggle. Oh, I'm a great juggler. So I learned how to like juggle and do devil sticks and stuff. Like basically I learned busking. Yeah, rad. <laughs> Straight to, to Edinburgh. <laughs> I learned how to busk. Like if slacklining had been invented, I would have been slacklining. He le- why don't you guys learn something that gives nothing to society. Like, this absolutely adds nothing. Mate, that's how it is. That started. Come yep. on. That's... So, learnt that. And then the next year, you could you could go home. All right. <laughs> so, so like, we've tried our hardest with out you. Of here. Just get off the property. That's the way I, I, way I talk to people about it. I've done um, a couple of big bicycle rides and um, Amy's Grand Fondo yeah, is, is, is one, which is I've done a few times. And I say to them, it's like, so that's five hours of riding, mm-hmm. 120 Ks. I think it's about two and a half thousand meters. Of Vert, yep. elevation. Yep. All right. And it's hard. It's really yeah, hard. Yep. And that was, I showed them the Strava. I said, that's 3,000 calories. I'm like, yeah. that's less than a kind of a drive-through supersized meal that you might yeah, get Yeah, you could from eat 3,000 calories in a meal. In 10 minutes, you can eat that. And it's they go, brutal. Oh. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like you can, and what is my friend Ruben? He wrote a book about it. Um, Ruben Meerman is his name. Book's called Big Fat Myths. He always says it's very easy to out-eat your exercise, but it's very hard to out-exercise your eating. Can't out-train a bad diet. You cannot. Unless you're Michael Phelps. Like, literally, unless you are, because, like, you know how, like, at the Olympics, it was like, this is what he eats in a day, because he's doing 10,000 calories a day. Yeah. Because that guy's in the pool for, like, 12 hours, and he's redlining. But that's just a wild... Yeah. Again, you're like at the total edge of human performance. Yeah. Not a day-to-day recommendation. No, I do not. No. But that's the thing. It's like in, in a funny way, like because I was like, all right, I got interested. I was like, actually prefer to be for the first time, you know, psychologically. I'd be interested to know if this was your feeling too because like I know you were, you were a heavier teen. Like yeah, 20s. I was 112 when yeah, I was yeah. 17. Yeah. I think what happens through your teenage years is actually a really interesting psychological thing because I didn't have any belief that this could – I just wasn't one of those guys, right? You have that internal voice going, oh, I can't be a fit guy because I, you, you didn't learn it when yeah. you were 15. It's, it's on us too. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, we opted out, right? Like to yeah. some extent. Like, I mean, it wasn't It wasn't like people were trying. I chose to, this is what I chose yeah, we to just, play guitars instead. We did other stuff, right? But then then you face this thing where later in life you're beginning to get interested in maybe doing stuff like big bike rides. But I was I was interested to find I had the voice inside me going, ah, oh, but that's not for you. You can't do that. And yeah, that's yeah. the thing you had to kind of overcome. Everyone cracks that nut in their own way. But to learn, oh, you can be that person. You just, I just had that barrier inside me. So I've really enjoyed going through that process and, and becoming a bit more aware about my body and then seeing what you could do. Like I do have a – I did discover inside me around about 30 that I have a bit of a taste for hard 
endurance events, like all things that seem hard to me. And I think part of the attraction, and this you do find it a lot in like men and women that like end up in like the ultra endurance world, you know, like your David Goggins is your classic. You know, he was a massively overweight dude. Now he's like, you know, the baddest dude on earth. I think when you're suffering, like when you're at the right, that limit of you're hurting, you, you develop a fascination of going, yeah, but I'm proving to that voice that I can do this, as well as just the satisfaction of doing it. it it's It's got an extra layer of grat- gratification, I think, for people yeah. that have maybe had at some time in their life a belief that they couldn't do it. There's an extra layer of, I reckon, right in that dark, dark hurt locker, right at the edge where everything's screaming for you to give up. That just gives you an extra nudge to keep going, to go, but um, I can't believe I'm here. And, I, and, I, and I, what if I went a little bit further? We are going to get back in just a moment with Mr. Hamish Blake. If this podcast is something you enjoy, if there's something that somebody you think you know would enjoy, please share it with them. There's probably an arrow or a paper plane or a little chain link or three burgers or, or something that'll help you share this podcast with someone. Pop it in a text or an email or throw it in a comment box or post it somewhere. That would help us enormously because people come and go all the time on this show. And you never know, you might change someone's day by having them listen to this. We're back in a moment with Hamish Blake. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We are speaking with Hamish Blake. It's a short version of a much longer episode from 2021. Hamish Blake has traveled to all parts of Australia. I wanted to know how he felt, what it was like when he was out there experiencing all that this glorious land has to offer immense smallness, like immense tininess. Like I think, like especially in the Kimberley and the, you know, like through Central Australia, the top end, you know, I know, and again, I'm the same, like, you know, what we, we're in that generation that's like trying to undo or at least recognise the patterns that we've learned and going, okay, you know, well-meaning people in our upbringing, but zero proper appreciation for Indigenous culture and you know, aside from just the stuff we like very basically learned about, you know, the first fleet, it just, just it, like you said, there was a huge disconnect. It was an interest. It was like, hey, this could be interesting. Isn't this interesting? The way that, you know, yeah. Aboriginal people have lived. Anyway, back to our, our way, rather than any deeper understanding or getting to walk and understand and, 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 and learn from the stories of that are there if you can look and, and find. So being out in those places and, and especially, you know, walking with traditional owners and having a glimpse, albeit just for a day or two, 
just crazy smallness, I reckon. Just seem like I love this country because it's my homeland as well, but I don't really – that's that feeling of like, we're, you know, what, well, I'm 39 and it's like a blip and you're thinking, yeah, that number is in your head, like 60,000 years of untouched, perfect harmony. There's just that thing of like going, man, I just feel like I'm understanding the surface. I just feel like you've walked on the, walked on the surface of the land and you, you have these little touch points to the real deeper connection, like the absolute – understanding or the the oneness of the land that comes when you when you are there with like first nations people who who have that understanding so i think it's that normal mixture of emotions of just like oh i just didn't, i don't i don't know anything i don't know anything i love this place like it's this is of course my home country um and we all walk upon it and it's all our all, it's all our home country but we don't understand it properly and it lights up a huge hunger to want to know more and to just to, to want to be out there more and to understand it. But I think even what you said before, like just Red Earth and the Milky Way, like just being out there in that I think is just good for the soul. I reckon that's yeah. the first step. I, I found it, I, the very first time I was out there, like in the, in the middle, middle, middle bit, I found I was shooting and I found myself whispering to my cameraman, like we were the only humans mm. and besides the road, there was no structure, man-made structure to the horizon in every direction and we were whispering to each other. Because we realise, oh wow, we're the smallest thing here. Yeah, yeah, the, the bigness, the bigness, <laughs> and like the actual tourism ad is about how big Australia is, and you know, there's probably a, a, a deep, but there's probably a bit more of a spiritual meaning to yeah. it too, because it is absolutely the yeah. bigness of the country and the, I don't know, you just feel like a total guest, like a fleeting. You feel like a fleet, like yeah. as a human being, you feel like you're yeah. a, you're out there for a moment, yeah. and. Especially as a black guy, you feel like I feel like I'm out here for a moment, and then getting to walk and learn from you know from traditional owners, you're like, okay, now I've got a touch point to something that's a lot bigger than a moment. Mm. But that's that's I, I just I just constantly felt that. Well, I remember being out there once, and um, we were walking with one of the custodians of the place we were at, and they were uh, a white person, but they lived with the community, mm -hmm. and this person was saying, oh. You know, I was at this waterfall or something the other day and some of the people from the community were telling me the story about an owl. And the way they were talking, she was like, I thought it was a creation story. I thought it was a dream time story because the tense and the language and their broken English, what they were able to, you know, translate yep. was, oh, I thought it was a, a dream time story. It must have happened, you know, sometime, whatever. Anyway, she just came back there the next day, an owl flew out of the cave. And it really it really hit home to me that the way we see time yeah, and the way in many ways these cultures see time are two completely different things. Totally. And it wasn't 50,000 years ago. No. It happened. That's all. And it happened there. And ancestors. Yeah. And everything's walking as one. It's now in, as almost. part of the land. Yeah. And, it's, I, and I think yeah. that like I have a huge, you know, desire to understand more and to learn more and to spend more time out yeah. learning a lot more and, and I think and trying to understand a lot more about different indigenous cultures in Australia but that's certainly one of the things you just like oh we yeah. you, you, you just begin to realise how many preconceived notions you you bring yeah. and how much yeah. you just assume you yeah, just yeah. bring your your own weird filters and, and backstories to it which of course you have because you've grown yeah, up yeah yeah that's how we grew up in different, different societies and the other thing that blows my mind is that the, the dream time stories we get they are the stories that you're allowed to hear before you've passed through any ceremony, as far yeah, as I yeah, understand yeah. it. So I asked, what, what do we hear? And, and this person says, um, we're getting the basically the things you tell the toddlers. 
Of course. And, I, and when, I, when you think about it, you're like, when was the last time you read a Dreamtime book? At primary school. Yeah. Like, it's the rainbow serpent. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're, they're the things we get. But if you pass through ceremony and you become an elder, the wisdom, the, the I think therefore I am, that wisdom is all there. Yeah, but yeah, we just yeah. don't hear it. Yes. And so, because this, I, I wonder, the hot, I guess it's not really a hot take, but I wonder if, if the only stories we heard were toddler level, did the people who first encountered were like, ah, they're kids. Yeah. Or go, oh, no, 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 we just can't tell you that because you haven't gone through the pain ceremony that, see this scar here? I earned this scar. And because of this scar, I now know this incredible wisdom that my culture keeps secret. That's it. Uh, I, I wonder about that. Sorry. I'm no, I agree. Of, I agree. <laughs> and that, but that's the thing. You just hit by like, oh man, there's just, you just, there's so just much, so much man. we don't know. So much, so much. That is Hamish Blake. And if you want to hear the rest of that conversation, it's pretty good because he talks a lot about balancing work and family life, uh, what he loves as a cyclist on the road and mountain biking, the cycling conversation is actually quite good, really good. And um, why he's loving this time in his life. It's really nice. He's such a good fella. It's episode 392. Scroll back, you'll find it. Just says Hamish Blake on it. Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks to Andy Ma, who did audio and video post on this show. Thank you so much to Abby Benno, who produced this episode, Toe who made all the music, and you for listening. If you need me for anything, just email. Send Osher email at gmail.com. You don't want to love? I love seeing what you're looking at right now. Whip your phone out, take a picture. Let me see it. Show me what you're doing. No, if it's going to be weird or creepy, just, you know, are you going for a walk, your dogs, your laundry, your dishes, whatever. It's fun. I like it. I would send you a photo of the tanks on the side of my house that I built the other day while I was listening to uh, Roy and HG, but I don't have your email. Otherwise, I would. All right. I'll see you Friday. (laughs) 